are so excited that you joined us for worship. Our pastors and church family are praying that the favor of God will be on your life and that this word will help propel you into greater purpose. We hope that you are blessed by the following message. Awesome. I want you to get your Bible. Go to Isaiah 58 and 12. I appreciate all of the stallage for my arrival. Um, Isaiah 58 and 12. We're going to get into the word of God. We're going to get it ready. Help me welcome all of those who are watching us live online at our online campus. We're so happy that you're watching today. Isaiah 58 and 12, the Bible says, Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. I want to continue in the thought that I began last week. Do it again. Do it again. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Um, we are in the new series, Re Restore, Reimagine, Rebuild. And God has taken us through the process of preparing us for our 2018. Uh, I believe that I've heard prophetically for your life that generally that, that, that 2018 is literally going to be the best year of your life. It's, it's, okay. Because some of y'all got real common with this prophetic declaration I just made over your life. I'm going to say it again. The Lord told me in my prayer time that 2018 was going to be the best year of yoke. Now, now faith without works. So faith is not faith until you, until you bust a move. So, so that, that can be the word over your life, but you have to activate it. You can stand in hope, but you only walk in faith. You can't just stand in a place saying, I know it's going to be great. I hope it is great. No, no, no. It is not faith until there's action involved in it. You can say, I believe God. I know it's true. But it's not faith until action is involved in it. Are you getting this today? So we're believing for 2018 to be amazing. What we dealt with last, year, last week, rather, um, as we went through this text in Isaiah 58, we saw the discourse between the prophet Isaiah, God himself, and the children of Israel. And this conversation came together all about evaluation. Somebody say evaluation. And what we said last week is that you must begin to evaluate your present year correctly in order to be able to properly set yourself up for the next year. If you did not properly evaluate where you are, you will not be ready for what God wants to do in your 2018. We talked about that after evaluation, you've got to move into realignment. Because once you have the understanding of what you have to shift and what you have to change, realignment is very, very important for your life. And that God wants to bring you into this manifestation of what our text talks about today. Of us being the repairer of the breach and the restor restorers of the streets to dwell in. But before that can happen, God wants to work some stuff with you. He wants to do some things in you to prepare you for this season. And we talked about it also last week to give you a quick review that this involves self-denial. That you have to lay down your idea of what you necessarily thought your life would look like and the plans that you had and be able to make sure that you're connecting him with God's plan. Hello, church. God's idea, God's way of doing things in your life. Today, I want to take it, the thought a little bit further, and I want to really deal with the concept of restoration. The concept of restoration and how God wants to bring restoration to 
your life. He wants to make you a restorer. I want, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, there's two ways that you can get into the condition of needing restoration. There's two ways that you can get into the condition of needing restoration. Here's the first way. Um, your, the enemy's plan. You know, the Bible says in John 10 and 10 that the thief comes but to steal, kill, and to destroy. So the enemy works in your life oftentimes to bring you into a condition, to bring you into a desert place, to bring you into a hard place, to bring you into a place of no productivity, to bring you into a place where you're crying out because your life is in shambles and is not looking the way that God intended for it to look. That's his goal. He wants to take from you. He's a taker. He's a taker. And that's why you got to be careful from hanging around with takers because I'm going to tell you something. People who take and never want to sow look like the devil, y'all quiet in here. And I need you to really watch your surroundings. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this Anglican church. You've got to watch your surroundings to make sure that I have not surrounded myself with a bunch of leeches. Um, the enemy comes to mess up. And you got to know, you got to really watch the enemy. You got to know your enemy. The only way you can defeat your enemy is to understand your enemy. And if we act as if our enemy doesn't exist, like the devil is some figment of our imagination, then he's just going to have fun in your life. He's just going to operate in your life, and you're not going to win the war. You actually will become a casualty. You'll become a casualty of a war that you're supposed to be a winner in. Could you imagine going through life being a casualty when you were supposed to be the winner? And here's the thing about your win. It is fixed. See, this is the thing about the fight. The fight is already fixed. All we got to do is keep our eyes on Jesus and follow the man's steps. The steps of a good man's sermon, you preaching it here already, are ordered by the Lord. So all I got to do is to get into order of the step, and I win. Are you in here today? When I lose, I win, even if I'm following his steps. When things may seemingly be going against me, I am still winning when I align myself with his plans. You can look at my current condition right now and think I'm losing all you want because my eyes are fixed on Jesus. And as long as my eyes are fixed on Jesus, all I do is win, 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 no matter. The devil's plans... Devil's plans exist. You've got to be aware of it. You've got to be aware of it. He's wise and cunning, the scripture says. So it doesn't always look the way that you... If you're just using everyday detection to try to find the devil, you're going to miss it. Because the enemy will come in stuff you call good. <laughs> Y'all missed that. <laughs> the devil will come in stuff you call a breakthrough. That's why the Bible tells us to take in the word of God and God will give us good success. So if there's a good success, there's a bad success. Not everything that people smile upon and say is success is from God. Because some stuff is simply a distraction to stop you from fulfilling purpose. 
And if you only run for the stuff that is shiny, you'll miss out. Because some stuff in this rough condition is what you should receive. Because if you work and really have the Holy Ghost and you really have God, God will have you turning rough things into amazing jewels. But if you're only looking for stuff that's in its amazing condition, you'll miss out on the stuff God wants you to get. I wonder if I got any gold diggers in the building who say, I'm about to start digging for gold. I'm about to go mine. Y'all ain't working with here. I'm about to go mining. I'm going to go through the rough places to find me the gold in there. People say, Sherman, why would you start a church in San Bernardino? Can anything good come in? I, baby, I moved to California to be a gold digger. I moved to California to go mining for gold because I knew in the rough place that God would burst something that would transform the world. Look at your neighbor say, gold digger, gold digger. You have to be aware of the devil's plan. So some of us are in need of condition because, need of restoration because of the devil's plan. And then secondarily, listen to this, some of us are in the condition where we need restoration because we missed the mark. Yes, yeah, it's not the devil. You know, some of you stump your toe and talk about the devil. No, that was you not paying attention to where you were walking. <laughs> some of you, you praise the enemy more than you praise God. Y'all miss that. You give that fool more glory than you do Jesus. You give him more credit than you do God himself. You're walking around saying everything is the devil when sometimes you're like, oh, I'm under attack in my finances. No, that was because you didn't have a budget. That don't have nothing to do with the devil. That is because you do not take care of your money. Y'all quiet and here today must be on your toes. That's because you prefer to live in a poverty mindset rather than to embrace what God has before you. That's why you don't have any money. It is not the devil. I was like, I don't know how my kid, you know, the devil and got into my kid. He has a porn addiction. No, it's called bad parenting. You gave him a computer in his room in an enclosed space, and you let him do whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do, and you didn't watch him because it was easier for you as a parent to let him be in the computer because he wasn't asking you any questions, and he wasn't bothering you while you were trying to get your rest. So you let the computer lead your child, and that's why your child got a porn addiction. It is not the devil! Y'all quiet in here today. You hear that mouse crying out? I mean, it's serious. It's important that you realize that you've got to know that no matter, though, the, how I got into the condition, whether it was the enemy's plan, whether it was me missing the mark, God's a God of restoration. Here's the good news, that it doesn't matter how I got there. He's a God of restoration. So when I looked at our text today in Isaiah 58, verse 12, that word restore there, that word restore, is the, is the Hebrew word shub. And this is what it means. It means to turn back or to return. In other words, to bring back to its original intent. Oh, I'm about to work this word in here. I want you to understand that no matter how you got where you gotten, there's something called grace and mercy. That if you connect and align with God, God has the ability to bring you back 
to his original intent, y'all. Y'all don't want to work with me, I see. Some of you are so jacked up, be honest about it. You're one of the craziest people on the planet. Come on, tell the truth. You do some of the dumbest stuff you've ever seen. Come on, y'all don't want to work with me. Talk about it. Talk about it. Tell the truth. Get your neighbor and say, he talking right. He talking right. He talking right. You know you have done some dumb stuff. But here's the thing about God. It doesn't matter how stupid and dumb we get. When we're ready to realign, he'll restore. When we're ready to align ourselves with his word and his will, the God of heaven will come down and bring it back to the way he intended for it to be in the first place. You can look at me like I am right now and think that it's over for me. But baby, hold on. I serve a restore. I serve a God that will take a broken man and make him whole. I take a man, serve a God that will take a man that was full of suicide and make him a man that loves life. I know a God that will take a sick man and make him heal. He'll bring you back to his original intent. You preaching, boy. Thank you, sir. Important for you to realize God is a restorer. That was the whole idea of Jesus. The whole idea. The serpent beguiled the woman. Women are powerful. They can get men to do anything. When she got, y'all not working in here. Eve. Eve brought in. I mean, some of y'all don't, y'all really don't understand, you know, uh, how powerful you are. Glory to God. You know what I'm saying? You don't even got to say stuff sometimes. All you do got is wink your eye, you know, look a certain way. You know, it's already said. Come on, talk to me. Some of y'all know because you use it every day. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Ah, you know you got a little bit of power in there. Eve says, Adam, this stuff is good, sir. We need to have you some of this. And Adam, like, girl, you talking like that? <laughs> you moving them hips like that, girl? Ah, yes, fruit it is for dinner. And he goes in and has him a little fruit, and God walks in the circumstance and helps them to know this thing that you have done to disobey me creates gulfs between you and me. Sin, disobedience to God creates gulfs. And so God says, no worries. Don't trip out. I'm going to correct you, but I'm also going to restore you. Oh, such a good daddy. Y'all, y'all, some of y'all missed that altogether. See, co- a correction should always be restorative. So if you only have people in your life that only want to tell you how horrible you are and don't be able to give you the hope that you can be restored to come out of that, that's not the kind of people I want in my life. But I want you to tell me, tell me my breath stank. Y'all ain't said nothing, but give me a mint, doggone it. Tell me I got crust in my eyes but pass me a paper towel with a little water on it so I can get it out I need you to not only give me correction but I need you to be restorative in your correction so God says not only am I going to correct Adam not only am I going to correct Eve but now I'm going to restore I'm going to send my only begotten son to close the gap, y'all, y'all, to close the gap. See, when I just said that right now, y'all should have just took off running out this building around this place because you know how jacked up you were. You know how messed up you were in your sin. But God loved you so much. See, some of y'all have been so 
saved. Some of y'all been saved so long, you forgot. Some of y'all been saved so long, you forgot, man. You needed the restorer to send his son into place to pull you in. The Lord, the word says that God saw you while you were in your blood. And he still sent his son, God Almighty, to be able to restore you. So he says, this is what I'll do. I'll send my son and through the power of the cross, I will rip the veil into. I'll remove the divider. This is what all of this is about. Salvation is all about restoration. He wanted to bring man back to his original intent, which for man to fellowship with him. Are you getting this today? Not only do we see this, but I saw something in verse 11, uh, Isaiah 58, verse 11. If you all would, put that up for me. Uh, Isaiah 58 and 11. I saw something really, really important there that I almost missed in my, in my study time. I'll just read it. It says, the, the, word, the Lord will guide you continually. And satisfy your soul in draw. Just keep it up, guys, just for a minute. Let me say this to you. First of all, let me tell you this. God is not um, just going to send you out to be a restorer before he restores you. I know, I know. Let me help you with that. You know, kingdom culture has a, has a, a certain philosophy of ministry, okay? It's important that you know the philosophies of ministry in the churches you attend. We have a philosophy of ministry that says you are more important than what you do. Okay, somebody just sort of screamed right there. Which means that we're more concerned about your soul being intact than your service being intact. Okay, I can greet at the door myself, uh, do all the praise and worship, and preach uh, if I have to because I don't want you to be in a position where you are at a place where your soul is not together and then still having to be in the place of trying to restore other people when you ain't restored yourself. Y'all quiet in here. And that's why people, they're not used to that kind of thing, so they call it punishment. When we put you in a place where we say, hey, no, I want you to be restored. Yeah, Your mama must have been really mean to you because she didn't really teach you what correction looks like. I, saw, I said, your mama, uh, uh, your daddy, your daddy must have not done you too well because I see I don't understand how adults look at correction. Uh, Jose and start thinking that it's a bad thing. No, it's a way to bring you into healing and give you ideas and points so that you can be restored so that you're not trying to give out all this stuff and mess up. Even Apostle Paul understood, and he said, uh, and I paraphrase, he said, you know, it'd be crazy for me to give this to everybody else, and then I myself be a castaway. Ah, I don't want to make sure all of y'all are healed, and I'm sick as all get out. Are y'all in here today? I need to make sure, uh oh, that I, I see I must be on somebody's toes in here. I, I gotta make sure I know Jesus first before I can help you find Jesus. Before I can lead you into the presence. We got worship leaders that don't even know the way to his presence. In the world, in the body of Christ, preachers that don't know the word. What if we flip the script? And what if we started making sure people were secured in their soul? And then send them to do the work of the ministry. 
This is not about perfection. This is not about perfection. But it's about striving and allowing God to perfect you. Allowing him to perfect you. And being honest and open about how you're being processed. And that's why it's really important to us. I don't, um, okay, I said I was going to change my language. Uh, that's why we encourage people to not be liars. This is why we encourage people to tell the truth about where you are. Because you're not the only one, okay? Okay? Okay. Every hoe in here, I guarantee you at this church, you are not the only one. I am here with you. You are not alone, baby. It's okay. You're in the right church. You're in the right church. Are y'all in here today? In whatever your issue is, I just like to say hope because it really bothers y'all. So I just, I say it just to rustle your, your religious feathers. Uh, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. It's important for you to realize that whatever your issue is, you're not by yourself in it. I apologize on behalf of every church and pastor that made you feel alone in your issue. We are all jacked up. All of us have issues that we're working through. That's the whole reason why we gather here today, is to talk to a God to help us with our issues. <laughs> That's the whole reason we're here today, is so that we can become better. We're all on our journey of faith, and nobody's journey is better than somebody else's journey. It's just different. But what we got to do is realize Isaiah 58 and 11 is telling us God is saying, before I make you a restorer and a repairer, this is what I'm going to do for you. I, I, the Lord is going to guide you continually. He's going to satisfy your soul in drought. I love that. Because that, what that means is that everything else could be crazy around you and your soul be secured. I remember when the recession happened, my spiritual father used to say, I refuse to participate. It don't matter what's happening around the world. I don't have to participate in nobody's recession. And some of y'all were crying and weeping when you could have made it and said, I'm about to prosper. I'm about to prosper in the midst of everything else falling around me. I wish I had about 20 people to say, I choose prosperity. I choose to develop. I choose to go to the next level. I choose to become who God created me to become, even in the desert land. Choose. Scripture, please. Leave it up. Uh, 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 verse 11 uh, says very clearly that, and I will strengthen your bones. Are you seeing this? He said, I'm going to strengthen your bones. And look at this. I will make you like a watered garden. Now, some of you don't understand that revelation because you're the type of people that don't router your grass. So this means nothing to you because your grass is always dry at home. You can't, you can't gather this revelation. You don't understand nothing about this. You're trying to person with brown grass, dead grass. So right now, don't, you're trying to fake like you get it, but you don't get this revelation at all. But those of us who at least turn our sprinklers on, because I don't water nobody's grass. Uh, but the sprinkler system works for me. And when the sprinkler system is on at my house, what begins to happen there is that the grass remains green. It, uh, it, it remains, and green is a sign of prosperity. Green is a sign of growth. And God's saying, I will make you like a watered garden, meaning that you're going to produce 
Do you see your right as a believer is to produce? If the enemy is bringing you into a place of 2017 has been a time of of not being productive, you can make a decision that I'm going to turn the corner, I'm going to change the game, and I'm now going to be productive. Now, about 20 of you should have high-fived your neighbor real quick and say, I know he's talking to me because I need to move into productivity. Like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Some of us have been dry as get out. No water. But God wants to restore you so you can restore others. Can I tell you what the Lord, thank you guys, you can take it down. Can I tell you what the Lord told me in prayer? It's rude to not answer questions when you're asked. Can I tell you what the Lord told me in prayer? He said that he was going to restore some specific areas in your life. And I want to encourage you in this. This is not uh, some type of lecture. I'm, I'm about to give you a prophetic word about what God is about to do in your life as you turn the corner out of 2017 to 2018. He told me this. He said, I am going to restore my children's health. Oh, I just talked to my own stuff then. He said, I'm going to restore it. Now, some of us have made disease a pet. My diabetes. My high blood pressure. You have owned it. And because it's a pet, you don't want it to go away. Some of us have preferred disease because disease means assistance. Whether it's financial assistance or whether it's people serving you and giving you everything you need. Some of your family members are not even sick anymore. They just want you to keep bringing stuff to them. They're faking and you're letting them control you. That's for somebody in here. Somebody's mama is playing a big game on you. I'm talking to you as a full-body prophet right now. Somebody's mama here is playing a full game on you to keep you from leaving and following destiny. Wake the heck up and pay attention. Uh, He restores health. Give me a scripture for it. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse number 17. He, he begins to talk about how he'll restore help to you and he'll heal you of your wounds. Stop treating disease like it's a way of life. God never intended for you to live that way. Part of the, part of the resource of the cross is that the cross brings healing. Y'all, you, you see, see, what you need to understand is that what the cross represents for you is not only salvation of your soul, but the cross represents healing for your body. Look at somebody and tell them the cross marks the spot. Come on, tell them. Come on, look at somebody else say the cross marks the spot. Where the cross is glorified, where the cross is lifted up, there is healing there. And you want to know why some people don't see miracles anymore? You want to know why some movements don't hear the glory move the cake keepers by? Because we have forgotten the cross, baby. But when you put the cross in its place, Jesus will help you to understand that by and with his stripes, you are already healed. 
Health will be restored to you. I believe that. I believe that. I'm going to tell you, I was in prayer this morning. The Lord told me he was healing lymphoma. And if you know anybody dealing with lymphoma, I'm going to tell you by word of knowledge that God told me that he is healing that disease of cancer in the lip nose. He is getting people absolutely free. And, and, and I'm telling you, if you got a family member dealing with it, I would just take that word real quick and I would begin to apply it to their life because God said, I am a healer. Uh, he's healing. I'm so sick of disease. See, until you start hating sickness, that you will go after it. Oh, my God, today. You got to hate it. Somebody say, hate it. Oh, my God. Tell somebody else, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. You got to hate sickness. As long as sickness is your pal, you're going to let them hang around. But you got to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm so sick of this diet. I'm so tired of this foolishness. You got to have such a hatred that you every day fight until it breaks. You can't lean on it one day and give up, y'all. I sense, okay, yes, Lord. There's some of you that are sitting right here and this revelation can't even get in your head because you said, I've just been fighting for so long. Well, baby, I feel the grace in the room to cause for you to fight longer. You're going to fight until it breaks. Sickness will not be a way of life. Sickness will not be the way you live. God is a a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer. I'm so sick of the devil this week. I told my wife, I have a family member that's ill, and I told my wife, I'm so sick of this devil. He's not going to, I'm so tired of it. He's not going to just be able to be allowed to come into my family. I'm not just going to sit there and watch him move and be okay with it. It will not become a way of life. This week, I begin to weep over one of my family members because I'm like, I'm so sick of it. And until you become sick of it, it will live in your life. What you hate, you'll begin to disallow. What you're okay with can stay in your space. Be seated, please. You're pushing me too hard. It's important for you to realize that your health, your health can be restored. Here's the other thing the Lord told me. He's going to restore life. Do you know it's possible to be living with no life? Living on the earth with no vitality? Moving from space to space, but nothing really happening in your life. And like I said last week, some of us are in such of a routine, we no longer have any life moving in us. We're lifeless. We're just, we're just, we're just in, a, in, in you know, an automatic mode. We're just going through the motions, but there is no real life in us. But God wants to restore it. I remember Miss Naomi in Ruth chapter 4. Naomi had went through a horrible situation. She, she, she lost her husband, she lost her sons, and she began to lose life. The life was being sucked out of Naomi because of the adversity she was experiencing. Some of us in the room know what it feels like to be going through what it seems like as one thing after another. After another, y'all can fake and be religious if you want to. But some of us have been in situations where it's like, God, is this a game? What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, come on. The cameras, can, y'all can come out. It's over. Thing after thing, Naomi was like, God, yeah, okay, you took my husband. And then you took my son. And then you took my son. You're taking thing after thing after thing. But the scriptures say in Luke chapter, excuse me, in Ruth chapter 4, it says that God restored. 
restored life and nourishment to her even in her old age. He wants to give you life. Listen to me. I want to talk to my young and my old. Some of you blame your age too much for why you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I said my older and my younger. Some of you tell me, I'm just too young. I'm going to do it later. Give me time. I really want to enjoy life. You're calling life death and death life. The activities you were involved in are deadly. It has nothing to do with life. But I just want to live my life. I just want to go out and have a good time. You know, what you're saying is, I want to catch a couple of diseases. I want to get a bunch of uh, soul ties. I, I just, I just, I, I want to become a drunk first. Let me see how many STDs I can get. How many shots do I need? I know people that, folks has given them an STD and they went back to sleeping with that fool. quiet in here real quiet on that one do we need to start an std ministry i mean that thing is it's strong in here hmm. some of us have gone to the place where we are, we have not embraced life i want you to write this down life is in the blood some of y'all just missed that all completely. <laughs> Life is in the revelation, not just naturally. Life is in the revelation of the blood of Jesus. You mean to tell me Jesus died on the cross so I could live an empty life? No. Jesus died on the cross that I might have life. Watch it now. And that more abundantly. I'm not just going to live, boo. I'm about to have the abundant life. All kind of goodness is about to follow me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Y'all don't know the Bible forever. Forever. He's the restore of life. And if you feel lifeless today, don't feel bad. Get your life. <laughs> Y'all don't want to work with me today. Look at your neighbor and say, get, 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 get your life, please. Just get your life. Here's the next thing. He's restoring joy. And by the look on many of your faces, you need it. He is restoring joy. Uh, you've got to understand that you're not going to live life without joy. See, joy is supernatural. Happiness, happiness is built on circumstances. Joy is supernatural, and it supersedes circumstances. Boy, you preaching in here. Thank you, sir. It's important for you to understand that real joy has nothing to do with a circumstance. Your mama could have died, and you could have joy. <laughs> you could lose all your money and have joy. <laughs> your boss could fire you. You could have joy. Everything could be going crazy around you. I feel like a, a country preacher today. I don't know what this is. And you still have joy. I want you to look at somebody today and say, get you some, get you some, get you some. I ain't talking about that some you used to get. I'm talking about joy. You need to get you some joy. You need to find you some joy. You need to swim in joy. Walk in joy. Love in joy. You need joy. Joy. The joy 
of the Lord. I feel light today. I feel like I'm getting all kinds of weights off of me today. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what's going to make you strong. Why you feel weak? Because you're lacking joy. And I'm not going to let your nappy-headed self control my joy. Uh, I ain't going to let your crust in the eyes behind control my joy. I ain't going to let your stink breath self mess up my joy. I made a decision, baby. I'm going to stay in the place of joy. And nobody's going to control my joy. My mama don't got nothing to do with my joy. My friends don't have nothing to do with my joy. The people around me don't have anything to do with my joy. I'll take my joy. Joy. I wish you high five somebody that looked bothered and say, get you some, get you some, get you some. He's a restorer. Sit down, please. He's a restorer. Joy. The last thing he told me he's going to do. He's going to restore. Now, this one you ought to just take off. He's going to restore Wasted years. I feel like I'm at somebody else's church. I wish Kingdom Culture would talk where I said he's about to restore wasted years. I said everything that seems like is lost. He's about to show up on the scene and turn everything around. I wish you'd just start turning a little bit. Wasted years. He's going to restore him. Sit down. Listen. Said I. You, you've been tripping about the time you wasted like you don't know who your God is. Some of you are still weeping over relationships you spent too much time on. Some of you are still weeping on jobs you stayed at too long that you knew God didn't want you at. Some of you are still crying over things that you, that you left at an old time and you're still weeping over those things. But I heard the Lord say this morning that he's beginning to turn things for you and that what seems like wasted time is about to work in your favor. The Lord told me you're about to receive a Romans 8.28 situation. All things, all things are about to work together for the good of those who love God. God and I call according to his purpose. I heard the old preacher say weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning. Weeping, 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 weeping may endure for a night. Hit your neighbor and say joy, joy, joy. Lord have mercy. Joy. I feel that for somebody in the room, your joy, your joy is being released. Your wasted years are being restored. It's about to turn around for 
telling you things are getting better. You are just one step away from your greatest breakthrough. Be seated. Be seated. That devil will mess with you. I had some decisions to make this week. And I was in prayer and the devil tried to come in my prayer time. Say you wasted your time. You wasted years. Didn't nothing come out of it. But I had to look at that same devil real quick and say, fool, I'm not listening to you. And nothing's wasted when you walk with the restorer. Nothing's lost when you walk with the man that got everything. Nothing's fully broken when you got the man that can make it whole. The God I serve is a God that can put it back together. Nothing wasted. He's going to restore it. He said, he said in Joel chapter 2, in verse 25, he said, I'll restore the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Everything they tried to take of your resources. God said, I'm about to give it back to you. Whatever the devil tried to take from your life, he said, I'm a restorer. I'm going to restore you and make you a restorer. Your family's about to be restored. Your friends about to be restored. Your can is about to be restored. He's a God of restoration. I got to go. Hiya! Take your seat, sing. Come on, take your seats. You, you got to understand. <laughs> well, if you're just going to stand there, I wish you high five somebody and tell them restore. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, take your seats. I got to finish this. Be seated, please. I really got to finish this. Sit down. Sit down. Listen. Listen. You need this full word. Listen. 
Yeah, how about C? <laughs> so listen. He's going to restore you so you can be a restorer. He's not, he's not like the other people in your life. He don't want to use you without making sure you're taken care of. He's going to make sure you're whole. He's going to make sure you're whole so that you can be able to minister to your community. He's going to make sure your head is on straight. He's going to make sure your soul is intact so that you can bring restoration to those around you. How the heck do I get restoration? Number one, it comes from refreshing. You've got to want his presence. He said in Acts... The third chapter, that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And the way that you're going to become a restorer is that you got to be a worshiper. I told you last week, if you're not a worshiper, you're not going to survive 2018. You might live naturally, but spiritually you will be all the way messed up and jacked up. But you've got to find refuge. He that dwells, good God Almighty, in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You've got to understand that I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm run, 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 run. I'm about to run into his presence. You, you've got to understand his presence. is His presence is going to be. His presence is going to be the difference. And not only is his presence important, but when you come out of his presence, you have to have your declaration. His presence plus your declaration equals restoration. I just said something to you. His presence plus your declaration equals restoration. You can be filled up in his presence, but if you don't activate that with your declaration, you will never see restoration. You've got to come, your, put your mind and your mouth in alignment with the word of God that you received from your time with God. Your declaration. I've got to tell you this, and i got to go. Nehemiah became so upset. He became angry, and he became angry because the nobles had taken more money from the people than they should have. And in Nehemiah chapter 5, he got a little upset. He became angry. He became angry with his enemies. And the Bible says that the man declared restoration. Then Nehemiah said, I'm not only going to believe God for restoration, but I'm going to find me a declaration. I'm going to begin to decree God's word over my life. The book of Hebrews says it like this. The worlds were framed by the words of God. And if you want to frame your world, you got to open that big mouth of yours and start making a declaration that means something. You got to stop talking all of that negativity. You got to stop talking all of that craziness. And you got to open your mouth and say what God says. This is what I believe. I believe that many of you in the house today are going to turn into the kind of men and women who don't worship only, but worship and war with your declaration. It's going to be what I say. It's going to be what I say out of my mouth. It's going to look like what I said it'll look like. I'm going to live the life God said I live. I'm going to walk the walk God said I would walk. I 
refuse to live in a situation that doesn't look like God's plan for me. High five your neighbor real quick and say, let's go up together. 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 Come on, lift your hands. Worship him. His presence plus your declaration equals equals restoration. Come on, praise him. Worship him, church. It's what we do. Don't miss this opportunity. He's restoring. He's bringing back to its original intent. He's turning things around. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. He's restoring. Come on, worship into this moment. Worship into this moment. Lift your voice. Lift your hands and worship. Worship, 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 worship. He's restoring you. He's restoring you. He's restoring you. Woo! He's restoring you. He's restoring you. He's restoring you. He's restoring you. Nothing is lost and broken. He's restoring you. He's restoring you. Listen to this house. We have entered into the greatest season of restoration this church has ever seen. God's about to bring us into his original intent. It doesn't matter how you imagine it would be at a certain place in time. God's about to wreck our lives with his goodness and bring us into to the place he originally intended. It doesn't matter what people say because I tell you kingdom culture they ragged and talked about Jesus you can't be moved by what people say about the house God has called you to we hope that you enjoyed this message we would love for you to come worship with us here again at Kingdom Culture Worship Center we are all about being real people serving a real God and changing lives have a blessed week